here's a look at it. Clay's boxing him out, puts his hand on his jersey. Jade McDaniels puts his hand on his jersey. Now they're swinging each other around. Gobert gets in there. Draymond's got him in a headlock. There's a lot happening here. Well, there were no punches thrown, which is good. It's been a tumultuous time for Draymond Green. After years of pushing the envelope of NBA rules and on-court decorum in general, and rising to number two on the list of all-time leaders in ejections, things came to a head earlier this month. You've got a full-on fracas going on. Raymond came in to defend Clay. This got out of hand very quickly. When a scuffle broke out between Green's Warriors and the Timberwolves, Green took longtime nemesis Rudy Gobert by the neck, submitting him into a headlock. The reason Draymond went so demonstrably is that Gobert had Clay in a headlock. Yeah. And Draymond's not feeling that at all. So he's just pulling him off. The fallout was swift and stark. Draymond Green has been suspended for five games as a result of this altercation. The league is sending a message. They're tired of this. They're tired of it. I think some people within the Warriors are tired of it, too. The league has to make a statement because it's a problem now. And the problem is, is with Draymond. If you look at his history of him kicking people, he has to learn from this. Like, this can't be tolerated. This is unacceptable. The suspension was the longest we've seen for an on-court incident since 2012. And as we saw consensus emerge that this time Draymond had gone too far, I started to wonder who might be able to provide the best insight into Draymond the man and the player. He's very intelligent and um, very interesting guy off the court. Mark J. Spears has covered the NBA and Bay Area sports for decades, and there are very few reporters who have spent as much time with Draymond Green as he has. Like He's kind of a nerd. He'll have glasses on. Right, very introspective, sees the game in a different way. But on the court, once he gets in between those lines, I've covered two people like this, uh, Kevin Garnett and Draymond Green. When they get in between those lines, and I I almost feel like they morph into, like, different people. You know, it's almost like the Incredible Hulk. He has one of the quickest tongues I know. No matter what you say, he has a retort. If you cut, he has a retort that will cut deeper. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's why he's a trash-talking legend. But every once in a while, Draymond crosses the line, and and he's pretty honest with himself. He, He knows he crossed the line this time. So today, Mark Spears brings us inside the mind of Draymond Green, and inside the Warriors franchise as all parties try to figure out how to move forward and looks at what this entire incident says about the state of Golden State's dynasty. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Tuesday, November 28th. This is ESPN Daily. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. 
The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. All right, Mark. Draymond Green comes back off suspension tonight. For on-court stuff, it's the longest suspension we've seen in the league in over a decade. But for anyone here that hasn't followed this closely, please do recap for us how Draymond came into this situation to begin with and your view on this on-court incident between him and Rudy Gobert. For those that know, he and Rudy Gobert have this testy rivalry. It's gone, gone back for years. I think it started kind of around the time when Rudy Gobert didn't make the all-star team and he, he got choked up about it. And Draymond kind of clowned him about it. Who have you seen taking this the hardest when they have not made it? It has to be Rudy. I mean, the man cried on national television when he didn't make the All-Star team. Thank God he's made the next three. Uh, Stop it, Dre. Leave that man alone. <laughs> I mean, you can't cry, Chuck. I said it then. I'm going to say it now. I got killed yeah. on Twitter then. I'll yeah. probably get killed today. No, but you, you right. can't cry. No, you're right. Come on, you're right. Come on, man. He's French. He's sensitive. That's okay. He's a love lover. He's a love lover. They've had this kind of like social media back and forth that has kind of gone on for a while. And obviously they hadn't doesn't appear like they have spoken about it. And I think the one thing you can't do in a fight is grab another player. Because I think then their teammate is going to come after you. Albeit Rudy was trying to be the peacemaker, I think from Draymond's perspective, and when he talks about it, he'd probably say that he thought Rudy was trying to hurt Clay. And, you know, me and Rudy got beef. He's trying to hurt my teammate. And I think he let all that kind of loose. And, and his reaction was certainly too much to put a player in a chokehold, right? So I, I'm kind of even going a little bit deeper on it. When you look at Clay and Draymond and Steph, when they're together and it's like quiet times, it's almost like they're like triplets. Like they're, they're really like family. They're really like brothers. So I think the way Draymond must have saw it was like, this is Rudy of all people hurting my teammate and I'm going to make him pay for it. Anytime there's a situation to, and a teammate needs you to come to their defense, I'm going to come to their defense, you know, and, and that's just that, uh, especially with someone that I've been playing with for 12 years. Uh, that's more than a teammate. That's a brother. Gobert said a very interesting thing, which was, if Steph's not playing, Draymond doesn't want to play. I had an inkling that he might want to get tossed. It's, it's kind of funny because before the game, I was telling myself that Steph's not playing, so I know Draymond's going to get going to try to get ejected. <laughs> How much value is there to that, in your opinion? And just in general, listen, Tom Haberstraw found that Draymond was almost four times as likely to get ejected when Steph isn't playing. Those are real numbers. Mark, what are we talking about here? It's weird. I think if anything, when Steph's not there, they're more likely to get beat down, right? They're more likely to be in most more frustrating situations. You know, you could make an argument that Steph is the pound for pound the greatest player ever. To do what he's doing at six foot three is is, is stunning to me. But if Steph's not there, the magic's not the same. They're not the same giant. And so maybe there's more frustration in games where Steph isn't there. But I do think in this certain case, if it's anyone else not named Rudy Gobert, does he react the same way? And I, I don't think so. Steve Kerr's reaction to this was fascinating. During the game, he was looking 
at the play with a facial expression I would describe as alarmed. After the game, he was trying to advocate for a little bit of both sidesmanship, if you will. If you watch the replay, Rudy had his uh, hands on Clay's neck, and that's why Draymond went after Rudy. And uh, that's I saw one replay um, right after it happened. And then he ultimately relented a couple days later. Do you think that Draymond took it a little bit too far? Yes, he definitely took it too far. He's got to let go, and he hung on for six, seven seconds, and uh, it was a terrible visual for the league, for Draymond, for everybody. What did you think overall about Kerr, one of the greater coaches we've seen in the history of this league, and his reaction? No, it was very interesting. I was in the room when he said it. Uh, kind of took a lot of us uh, by surprise because typically they've backed Draymond. And another thing Kerr said was something needs to change. Draymond has to find a way to not cross the line. Physical act of, of violence. I mean, that's... Um, inexcusable and and um so we have to do everything we can um to give him the help and the assistance that he needs to be able to uh to draw that distinction i think a lot of people were like well why does it need to change now why didn't it have to change before because you know obviously there has been some situations before whether it's jordan Poole or you know uh, other situations where you've seen arguing with the referees where his emotions get to a level that is, you know, like you mentioned, alarming. Steve says, hey, he wants the passion. He wants him to play that way. That's the, when you get the best Draymond, but he said. But at this, he, he certainly crossed the level. I think the one thing that stands out to me about the video is Steve, like, pleading to him to let go. That's one thing that really, really stands out about it. In the Western Conference right now, man, like they can't afford him to lose games. He, he's too valuable. This, this is the Western Conference is too tight, and this could be the difference in a seating. Uh, for me personally, I have to, I have to be on the court for my teammates. Our chances of winning drops dramatically if I'm not out there. So I have to be better. And I think for me, that's that's the biggest lesson in all of it. It's just like, yeah, you got to be there for your teammate, but you have to do it differently. The way I play basketball has gotten me here. Uh, the way I play basketball has brought me a tremendous amount of success. So I'm going to always be myself um, and not changing that. But like I said, I do understand and know that there are there's room for growth. There are different ways to handle things, and I need to be better in those moments uh, in different situations. Coming up, it's been a long time since we've seen the dubs down this bad. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's put the case of Draymond into a larger historical perspective. Mark, you've covered the league for three decades. How much different is NBA Commissioner Adam Silver than his predecessor, David Stern, when it comes to handing out discipline in situations like this? David Stern did not play. No, no, no. He was, uh, the, the players were frightening him. You didn't want to get that call. I, I remember when Allen Iverson decided to be a rapper, got the call from David Stern, and then all of a sudden that rap album didn't come out. <laughs> I mean, I think you could find it now if you look hard enough. I might have had that rap album, okay? You I might have liked you it. You probably did. I might have enjoyed it, okay? I'm not saying it wasn't good. I actually think the little bit I heard was all right, you know. But, Be nice. But uh, he, he put the fear of God in players and, like, still remember the malice in the palace and all those big suspensions then. I covered the one that, like, I think was close to me was I covered the Nuggets for eight years, and that's when Carmelo Anthony got 15 games for punching Marty Collins um, during a fight late in the game against the Knicks. The bench is coming out on the floor. As, oh, another punch is thrown. Anthony, and now Jeffrey's going at it. This is turning into some kind of disaster right now. They don't hold on to some of these players. Anthony's punch was so loud, you can hear it down here, folks. And he is going to miss a lot of games There's, because of that punch. There's going to be some heavy suspensions handed out for this. Mello got caught up in it, but he threw the punch, 15 games. So to me, that's always been the standard of when somebody throws a punch. And I've always wondered, like, what does Carmelo think when Draymond has a situation and he gets five? But in the Adam Silver era, it's certainly been different. Like, people were asking me, like, what do you think it's going to be? I said three to five games. Mm -hmm. David Stern, it might have been 20. But I also think that Adam lets you do once, and then the second time around, which he showed you with John Morant, Keep playing with fire. He's going to burn you, Scarecrow, you know? I'm going to dig in a little bit here, Mark. Listen, fighting used to be a feature of the game. Let's be real. It was an entertainment sideshow and the kind of thing that people thought, you know, it helped fuel rivalries. The malice at the palace, as you mentioned, in 2004, it changed everything. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table and is trying to get down to the bench. Artest is in the stands. On-court situations, it spills over into the stands. The security trying to somehow restore order. Fans and players are going at it. And the players trying to help each other out. This is a disgrace. How would you say the league's calculus towards fighting has changed since that incident? We've seen multiple documentaries. We've yeah. kind of all 
I don't want to say gotten over it, but where do you think we are relating to that in terms of how it relates to right now in the NBA? Well, when you see guys get suspended for pretty much the rest of the season, man, and lose millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, it resonates. And I think players are like, yo, man, that's my boy, but I ain't losing my paycheck for my family for anybody. I love my family more. And so I think that I don't know if many of these these players now, some of them probably were barely alive when it took place. But I, I almost feel like Draymond's like one of the last bad boys still around, right? Like how many bad boys? These guys all like love each other, take pictures, exchanging jerseys after games, go on vacation together in the off season. Like it's 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 a different time. It could be a testy game, and as soon as it's over, they're hugging. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like so, I, I don't. I don't think that those bad boys exist anymore. I don't. I don't think those tough guys exist anymore. And, and the toughest guys in the league now are probably more the older guys in the league now. Alonso trying to connect through about a dozen punches, could not connect with Larry Johnson. And there's Jeff Van Gundy grabbing the leg of Alonzo Mourning like a dog in heat. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy getting dragged around on Alonzo Mourning's leg. Classic. Again, these are all Classic. things that we know in our heads. You mentioned Carmelo, but are there any other scuffles that you can remember that sort of went under the radar? in general, as long as you've been covering the league, which is a long time. I think in the 80s, man, that happened every game, right? Like, I still remember the one where Robert Parrish punched Bill Lambeer. Taking it to fall and Parrish takes Lambeer to the ground with a right forearm. Well, they had said it was only a matter of time till somebody did this. And the ref just said, get up, Bill. Get up. Like, that was it. And they just kept playing, right? Or, you know, I, I used to have the picture in my room of uh, Larry Bird getting choked by Dr. J. Oh, and a, and a fight between J and Bird is broken out on the court. And Moses Malone takes Bird down. He's got him in a headlock. Especially in the ABA, those things were commonplace. Right. But... You know, NBA's cleaned up a lot of stuff, man. They don't they don't want that anymore. They're not encouraging it. They're not allowing it. And they'll take your money. And I think ultimately, these ain't the goons of yesteryear anymore, man. These dudes ain't they come from nice environments. Most of their parents are educated. They're not these not hood dudes anymore. <laughs> these ain't dudes coming from the worst parts of Europe. These are nice kids that are coming into the league now. These are suburban kids. Well, Draymond or no Draymond, this Warriors team hasn't really looked like their normal selves this season. How would you describe the state of this franchise and this squad right now, Spears? Live and die with Steph Curry. It's a Steph Curry show. When he's healthy, they could beat anybody. Without him, it's very questionable. You know, uh, Clay Thompson got off to a slow start. Wiggins got off to a very slow start. You know, if there is one thing you could say about missing Jordan Poole is they missed that scoring punch. You know, he gave them some scoring off the bench that I, I think Jordan's early struggles in Washington is keeping Warriors fans from admitting that, you know, his scoring did matter to that team. 
at some point the Warriors hoping that Clay is Clay consistently and can give them that magic again. And Wiggins wakes up and can be himself again. But if there's one thing they could depend on is that you're going to get 20 points from Jordan Poole. And so I think they need to find that consistent number two score to get along uh, with Steph. Right now, they have several guys capable, but nobody consistent. And so I think that's that's the concern for the Warriors going forward, and perhaps they need to make a move to change that. Mark, while we have you here, and we're reflecting on this Warriors dynasty, as it were, you've witnessed so much of this run, four titles in an eight-year period, a total of six appearances in the finals. But the bulk of that happened in a different building than where the Warriors play now. How have the vibes changed since this team made the short move from Oakland to the city from Oracle Arena to Chase Center. Nothing is like Oracle Arena. Nothing. It was so beautiful, man. I miss it. Every time I go by that arena, I want to go hug the arena. It looks like that old friend that's on his bad times. You mean, but you knew they were like the homecoming king at one point, right? They were oh. the coolest, coolest kid on the block. Curry has time. Three seconds. Curry from half court. It was the coolest place in sports. These things tend to happen here at Oracle Arena. Predominantly black, but certainly multicultural. The vibe, the music, just the love. Chase Center is trying to get that, but it's certainly more corporate. The Warriors chants aren't the same. The party's not the same. It's still dope, but it's... I don't know that we'll ever have anything like that again, but the the key ingredient for the Warriors is Steph Curry. Whether it's in Oakland, whether it's in San Francisco, Steph Curry is playing. They, They got a chance to be special. Last thing I'll ask you, and I'm putting you on the spot, since we are perhaps at the end of a proverbial era with the dubs, humor me a little here, Mark. When this all ends, who gets a statue, whose number gets retired from this entire group of guys that create what we know as the Dubs dynasty. Here's what it's going to be. Steph is getting one for sure. The question is, is it going to be the trio or just him by himself? One what? One statue? There's either going to be one statue of Steph only or a statue of him, Clay, and Uh, Draymond together. It's going to be either or. In terms of jersey numbers retired, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be really odd, but Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant, and Kevon Looney. Six people. Kevon Looney gets his jersey retired. In terms of jersey retires, Kevon Looney will get his jersey retired. I love that. He is just this, this workhorse, man, that the, the franchise respects, and Probably and he could undoubtedly play his whole career there, but he just basically did all the dirty work through all this uh, success. So they've already said they're going to do Iguodala and Kevin Durant, but I think Looney gets one too. Yeah, six jerseys. Thank you, Mark. Peace. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. Talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.